This is Reverend Kirk Lawton, minister at Ocean Lakes Family Campground, and this is our podcast. Our prayer is that this message may enrich your life as you find God especially meaningful to you. Thank you for worshiping with us. A five-year-old girl was sitting in her little chair working intently over her paper. Her mother asked her what she was drawing. A picture of God, was the little girl's reply. The mother said, but honey, no one knows what God looks like. But the little girl replied, well, they'll know when I get through with my picture. (laughs) This morning as we're thinking together on the subject, three truths about God. And I'm not so naive as to think that when I get through, you're going to know everything there is to know about God. Our purpose today is not to to paint a complete picture of God, but rather to unveil at least a part of that painting and to discover just three truths about God. These truths are very simple, yet they're very vital and necessary. As we recall during days when we meet on every hand, things like hardship, disappointment, sorrow, bereavement, and discouragement. The first truth I want to mention is this. God never closes a door without raising a window. An American soldier was fatally wounded just one minute before a ceasefire was announced during a long and bitter war. As he heard the news of the ceasefire, knowing that he was dying, this soldier cried out, isn't that just like God? Well, if we might answer that soldier's question, we might say emphatically, no, that is not just like God. We have an incorrect picture of God if we think of him as a cruel tyrant who delights in crushing our dreams and destroying our life's plans. God takes no delight in our dark nights and cloudy days. What God is really like is this. He is a father who takes delight in the well-being of his own children. And in order for him to give us his very best, this involves a long process of closing doors and raising windows. Have you ever chosen a certain door in your life through which you felt you must go, only to have that door closed in your face Have you come to a place in your life when after you have prayed for something specific to happen, maybe some personal idea to succeed or a disease to be healed or some circumstance to be changed, and still things did not work out according to your plan? At that point in your life, what has God said to you? Has he said, I don't care at all what happens to you, just go on your way? Or has God said, I closed that door through which you tried to go so that I could guide you down life's hallway to the door through which I want you to go. God closed dungeon doors on John Bunyan, but he opened a window through which came that great classic Pilgrim's Progress. In this marvelous allegory, when Hopeful and Pilgrim come to the last river, they're frightened by what they see. Hopeful plunges into the stream and stands there in the roaring of the Jordan with its dreadful chill. He calls back to the others, 
even though he is conscious of the terror of the raging river all about him. But he says, be of good cheer, brother, for I feel the bottom and it is sound. So do you and so do I when we know the power and the presence of God. When we pass through troubled waters of any kind, we can hear God speaking to us. When through the deep waters I call thee to go, the river of sorrow will not overflow. For I will be with thee thy troubles to bless and sanctify to thee thy deepest distress. A young student was hurrying across the campus of a university in Scotland one day. He was not feeling well. His eyes had troubled him and made his work quite difficult lately. On the advice of a friend, he had consulted a doctor who was a specialist in eye disorders. This expert made an examination and told this young man that he would be losing his sight. At this stunning news, all the student's plans and lifelong ambitions seemed to be slipping away from him. So he stumbled from the doctor's office, went quickly to the home of his fiancée, seeking some word of comfort from her. As he blurted out this distressing news of his impending blindness, he also told her that he would be glad to release her from their engagement since he could not ask her to be married to a blind man all her life. She chose her freedom. With this second staggering blow of the day, this young man groped his way down a lonely street. God closed the doors of eyesight to George Matheson, but he opened a window through which this man wrote the words to a beautiful hymn, O Love, that will not let me go. Yes, when God closes a door, he always opens a window. The late Dr. Roy McLean, who was former pastor of a church in Orangeburg, South Carolina, tells the story of a Norwegian fisherman who went with his two sons on their daily fishing run. As usual, the mother went down to the wharf to see her family off and to wish them safety and a good catch. By mid-afternoon, the waves were rolling higher than usual. A sharp, brisk wind whipped little splashes of spray into the faces of that rugged man and his two young sons. And as time wore on, the wind increased, and the waves grew to enormous proportions. As the three brave fishermen rowed desperately to get back to the shore, the wind pitched their little boat back and forth. The fierce storm even put out the light in the lighthouse on the shore, leaving the fishermen to guess which way the shore lay. Meanwhile, in the kitchen of their rustic cottage, a fire broke out. Before the wife could put out the fire, it destroyed their every earthly possession except the clothes on their backs. Finally, the father and the sons were able to weather the storm and row back safely to shore, waiting on the beach to tell them the grave news of the tragedy of their house was the wife 
the mother. Carl, she said tearfully, fire has destroyed our house and all our possessions. We have nothing now. But her husband, Carl, did not seem to take in the news. Didn't you hear me, Carl? I said that our house has burned to the ground. And then he spoke. Yes, dear, I heard you. But a few hours ago, we were lost at sea, riding high waves, and death seemed mighty close. Then we all but lost hope when our only guide to the shoreline, the lighthouse, went out. So for an hour or so, I thought sure that death was going to be our lot. And then something happened. A dim yellow light appeared in the distance. And then it grew bigger and bigger. And so we turned our boat and we rowed with all our might to get in the path of that light. And when we did, we followed it safely to the shore. You see, dear wife, that little yellow glow was the first sight of our house burning. And at the peak of the blaze, we could see the shoreline as bright as day. The same fire that destroyed our house created a light which saved our lives. Yes, God may sometimes shut a door in your face for no apparent reason at all. When he does, then is the time to look as God points his finger down life's hallway to a double door standing wide open through which he wants you to go. There's a second truth about God that we need to remember, and it is this. God may bend us, but he will never break us. Matthew echoes the words of Isaiah when he says in the 12th chapter of Matthew, a bruised reed shall he not break, and smoking flax shall he not quench till he send forth judgment unto victory. Sometimes we may feel that we are like a thin reed or a stalk of sea oats bent almost to the ground by a strong wind, but we have the promise of God that he will not allow this process to break us. He does allow us to be bent, however, but there's always a purpose in this process. God is in the business of making better persons out of it, out of each of us. Metal becomes stronger when it is subjected to heat. Malachi 3.3 says, He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. Some ladies who were in a Bible study read this verse and wondered what it meant about the character and nature of God. One of the ladies offered to find out the process of refining silver and get back to the group in their next Bible study. So that week, the woman called a local silversmith that she knew and made an appointment to watch him at work. She did not mention anything about the reason for her interest beyond her curiosity about the process of refining silver. And so as she watched the silversmith at his work, he held a piece of silver over the fire and let it heat up. He explained that in refining silver, one needs to hold the silver in the middle of the fire where the flames were the hottest so it would burn away all the impurities. A woman thought about God holding us in such a hot spot and then she thought again about that verse that says, He sits as a refiner 
and purifier of silver. Then the lady asked the silversmith, is it true that you have to sit there in front of the fire the whole time the silver is being refined? The man answered, yes. It is not only necessary to sit there holding the silver, but I have to keep my eyes on the silver the entire time it is in the fire. If the silver is left a moment too long in the flames, it would be destroyed. The woman was silent for a moment, and then she asked the silversmith, but how do you know when the silver is fully refined? He smiled at her and answered, oh, that's very easy. It's when I see my image in it. If today you're feeling the heat of the fire, remember that God has his eye on you and will keep watching over you until he sees his image in you. Yes, we all have troubles and adversities in life. God may bend us, but it is not designed to break us. We may feel that we're in hot water sometimes, but with the help of God, we can be like tea. Our real strength appears when we get in hot water. One day, a young man found a cocoon in which a butterfly was struggling to be free. He heard it beating against the sides of its little prison, and his heart went out in pity for the helpless little creature inside that cocoon. So taking a tiny blade, the man carefully cut away the fragile walls and released that little captive inside. But to his amazement, it was not the beautiful creature that he had expected to see. Rather, it lay struggling on the table, unable to walk, unable to fly, a helpless, ugly object. In the place where he had expected to see gorgeously colored wings, he saw only weak, shriveled parts of a butterfly. Well, what was the matter? You know, the cocoon shell had been opened too soon. The obstacle had been removed before the struggler had developed sufficiently through struggling to be ready for its flight into the skies and among the flowers. Yes, God does allow difficulties to come our way at times, but this is not a sign that he's turned his back on us. His will may bend us, but it will never break us. Finally, there's one other truth I want us to look at today. Man's extremity can be God's opportunity. What this means simply is that when we come to the end of our rope, when we've done all we can do, and we still feel that there's nowhere to turn, then God can take over for us and bring order out of our chaos, bring light out of our darkness, and hope out of our despair. There are two pastors in South Carolina, both of whom have been forced to resign from their churches, not because of any church problems, but because of their failing health. One of these pastors, writing in his church paper, recalled the words of a man who was seriously paralyzed. Somebody asked him, doesn't your handicap color your thinking and your life? The man replied, yes, it does, but I intend to choose the color. The other pastor, sidelined with a serious heart ailment, wrote about another minister who was walking in a downtown section of a large city 
when he saw a very dejected looking man seated on the steps of a store. The preacher walked by and with a feeling of genuine compassion in his heart, took $2 out of his pocket and put those $2 in this man's hand and whispered to the man on the street, never despair. The next day, this same man sought out the preacher and the man who had received the $2 now put $16 into the surprise minister's hand. And the man whispered to the preacher, never despair won the fourth race at Santa Anita and paid eight to one. <laughs> there are those times in our lives when we have sudden blows of illness, some crisis in business, maybe a, a disappointment in another person, some unexpected calamity that just seems to come out of the blue to us. These are the times when we feel that we have come to the extreme limit of our resources to cope. Here is where God's opportunity to show His strength comes into play. As long as we feel we can handle things all right by ourselves, then we're really not in much of a position to ask for or receive God's help. It is sad but true that many of us must reach our wit's end before we turn to God for His help. Maybe you feel this morning that you've come to just that place. Or maybe you're not to the place of despair in your life, but you would honestly admit, my life is not really what it should be. There must be more to life than what I'm experiencing. Well, you're exactly right. God does have much more to offer to us than we're often willing to receive. Because as long as we hold on to those notions that we can handle things all right by ourselves, then God can't bless us. There's a verse of scripture from Proverbs 3, 5, which is a favorite of many people. It says simply, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. It is when we try to trust our own understanding that we get into trouble. So what is your picture of God? Is He the kind of being whom you can trust? Even though we do not know all about God's ways, and even when we cannot understand some things He does or allows, yet we can trust God in everything to do the best for us because He loves us just that much. And the more we can come to trust Him, the more we will understand about Him. My prayer for each of us this morning is that these three simple truths about God may prompt us all to know Him better, to love Him more deeply, and to trust Him with all of our heart. Oh God, we remember the song that says, "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take Him at His word." Lord, that's what we want to do. Whatever it is now that's the problem for the one listening, we pray that we might be willing to turn that problem over to you and know that you're working in everything for the good for those who love you. Help us, O oh God, to trust you more and more. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.